0: Well, guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your day one post-show for January 1st, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. And what you are about to embark on is the best premiere live event in the IWC. This! Here's the OTS venue, man. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Saturday nights, wherever you may be. Day one, man. Day one. I didn't really expect much coming out of this show. I really, I, I really didn't. We had nothing going into it. What did you guys expect? What did you guys expect coming into day one, man? The build was terrible. There was no emotion in anything. WWE didn't really go out there and be creative. They made everybody look like a blithering idiot in this WWE championship match, only for their plans to go poof and get blown up because of Omicron. Sounds like a fucking transformer. Day one, disappointed, man. Maybe Nick Khan should not create any new ideas and any fresh concepts because clearly when Nick Khan puts his hands on something WWE related, it usually is a fucking disaster like this show tonight. The big story coming out of this show is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was not on the show this evening Roman Reigns did not compete in the Universal Championship match as scheduled against Brock Lesnar. After all the rumor and innuendo about this big ending that WWE supposedly had planned and what was going to be moving forward with the storyline, none of it actually happened. None of it actually happened because Roman Reigns was removed from the show Because he tested positive for COVID-19. This was actually broken by Ariel Helwani. And he reported this afternoon right before the show. That WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID-19. Reigns was not in attendance at day one where he was scheduled to defend the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Helwani added that Reigns is also fully vaccinated against COVID-19. This means that the Universal title match obviously did not take place tonight. And WWE, they changed plans on the fly because Brock Lesnar is a free agent. And Brock Lesnar can do whatever he wants via the WWE draft. He wasn't drafted to a specific brand. He went to SmackDown because that's where Brock Lesnar's services are going to be more needed. They have no roster over there. And Brock Lesnar and Fox Sports kind of go hand in hand. I don't think Fox Sports would be too pleased to know that Brock Lesnar was drafted to Monday Night Raw and not to SmackDown, so they placed him over there because there was a uh, internal network tug-of-war over Brock Lesnar's services. So, WWE puts him in the WWE Championship match with Big E, Bobby Lashley, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens to make it a fatal five-way for the WWE Championship. Now, I get it. I get it. There's nothing... There's nothing really WWE could do last minute. Lesnar has to work. He's contractually obligated to work. They had this big main event planned with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. WWE has to give us a main event. Now, Lesnar didn't need to wrestle tonight, but people paid to be there in attendance, and they paid to see Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. So if Brock Lesnar didn't test positive for COVID-19, then WWE felt like it would be in their best interest to use Brock Lesnar and give him to the fans as advertised. You see, when you do that, though, when you do that, yeah, you're giving the fans some of their money's worth. But on the other hand, everything that you did on WWE television is now absolutely and utterly fucking pointless, especially with the outcome of tonight's Fatal Five-Way, where Brock Lesnar is the new WWE champion, Bobby Lashley, and everything that he did against all three guys leading up to this pay-per-view, you made every single one of them look like a fucking idiot losing, especially the WWE champion at that time, uh, Big E. Bobby Lashley beat Rollins... Kevin Owens and Big E in the same night, you could look at that and say that was a complete waste of everybody's time. And now, no doubt about it, nobody looked good coming out of that because Brock Lesnar is the new WWE champion and he's not even associated with the brand. WWE has completely destroyed Big E and his title run. It is... Easily the worst run of the New Day members. This was worse than Kofi Kingston's WWE Championship run. Big E had one of the most disappointing reigns of the modern era. And I, I don't really want to sit here and blame Big E, but let's be real. WWE made Big E the WWE Champion because they thought they were cool In putting the championship on somebody that the fans so desperately wanted. And then nobody showed up to support Big E as WWE Champion. And I do see the chat. I do see the two 100 bombs. Thank you to Charles Matthews. And thank you to Heidi Hoffman for the two $100 Super Chats. I love you guys very much, man. It is so great to be back. It is so great to be energized Back here as the number one king in the IWC. There's nobody even close. Big E's title reign was a complete waste of fucking time. Now, I don't know why Big E's title reign was a waste of time. I didn't really look at Big E as a credible champion to begin with. I'm a fan of Big E. But let's be real. Big E was, in the moment he won the WWE Championship, not ready for the WWE Championship. He gave it to him because... Of political reasons. WWE wanted to be cool. You shouldn't have taken the title off of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley was not ready to relinquish that title. Big E was not ready for that spot. He won money in the bank. And creatively, WWE, from step one, fucked up Big E's title reign. That goes without question. And if you don't comprehend that, then I'm sorry. You are a dumb wrestling fan. Seth Rollins has been doing the best work of his career. I actually was advocating for him to win the title, but he's not Brock Lesnar. And Kevin Owens signed the new WWE contract for three years where 2 to $3 million per year, everybody was like, well, maybe they give the WWE title to Kevin Owens. Says, Thank you for resigning with the company. No, no. That was never going to happen. WWE signed Kevin Owens to simply keep him away from AEW. And Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, we got three bombs. I got three bombs. I got one from Heidi. Listen, you are stopping the show, people. Heidi Hoffman, Charles Matthews, and we got Charles Matthews times two. We got two one hundred dollar super chats from Charles Matthews, man. This guy's a beast. Charles Matthews coming out of nowhere like Brock Lesnar with a fucking F five on Big E tonight, man. Unbelievable. Thank you guys very much. I see, I see the support, guys. I love you. I love it. I got Jesse texting me about these bombs in here, bro. Thank you guys very much. Brock Lesnar is the WWE champion, and it really throws a wrench into legitimately everything. You know, for everybody that thinks that, oh my God, we're going to get Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. You would think. That's not going to happen. Oh, Big E is going to get his revenge on uh, on Brock Lesnar. No, he's not. No, he's not. Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley got fucked tonight. Because if Big E was losing this match tonight to Brock Lesnar and losing the WWE Championship, you would have to wonder, common sense, that Big E was going to lose the WWE Championship tonight anyway so one of the original scheduled performers in that match. So who did WWE take that opportunity away from? See, that's the way I look at it. That's the way I look at it. Everybody on Monday Night Raw now is going to be without a world championship to fight over. Because what do you think is going to happen? Lesnar's going to find Monday Night Raw his new home? We got another $100 super chat in here, man. Holy shit. Bombs away, KMG. With a $100 super chat. Brock Lesnar is still going to be involved in the Roman Reigns storyline. It's what WWE does with it. You see, this... And I wish Roman Reigns the best in his health. I wish Roman Reigns a speedy recovery and back on television. Because God, they fucking need him. They need him, man. But this presents a very, very good outlook for WWE. It really does. This presents WWE with something new. Something exciting. Something fresh. And they got multiple avenues that they can now venture down. WWE can give us Brock Lesnar staying on Monday Night Raw and doing his thing while continuing his thing with Roman Reigns because, you know, like the commentary team said, he's a free agent. I'm assuming Brock Lesnar is going to have to defend that WWE championship against somebody because he is that brand champion. We may get a match out of Lesnar against Big E. We may get. Our Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match. And after what we saw tonight, I mean, I think everybody's in the same boat. You want to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. Let's be real. Or just Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar in general. I mean, that's a big money match. Something that WWE should have been building since last year, but they gave Big E the WWE Championship and they fucked all those plans because they needed to do Lashley versus Goldberg. WWE could do one of those two matches. We could get a match out of Seth Rollins. We could get Brock Lesnar not doing anything on Monday Night Raw. Taking the WWE Championship to Friday nights. Continuing his feud with Roman Reigns. And building to what I think is the best possible scenario. It is now time. It is now time. To do what I'm about to tell you. You can do your Lashley versus Lesnar's at the Royal Rumble. You could do Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. All roads now are leading to Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I thought it was gonna I, I thought it was gonna include Drew McIntyre in a triple threat capacity. No longer. No longer. I don't want to see that at all. Now we have a new plan of action. Now that we have a free agent with Brock Lesnar feuding with Roman Reigns, who is on SmackDown, both of which are now world champions. You guys know where I'm going with this. WWE, it is now time. It is now the time to do a true unification match. Roman Reigns, the universal champion versus Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion. At WrestleMania, it is now time to unify the championships, make Reigns the one champion that is champion of WWE, and end the fucking god-forsaken brand split that WWE has going on right now that is actively killing both Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. That is what we need to do now. That is the new plan of action. You've given yourself an opportunity to do that. You've done it before in the past, and you've blatantly ignored it. I don't think you can get any bigger than what you got right now to end the brand split with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in a unification match with both the Universal and WWE titles. That is what needs to happen. It is long overdue. It is long overdue. I cannot sit here and watch SmackDown in its current state for the rest of the year. I can't. It is absolutely fucking abhorrent television. It is terrible, terrible television. Monday Night Raw is not much better. They are fucking trash on Monday nights just like they usually are. Rematch after rematch after rematch. There's nothing going on there. You want to fire 200 fucking people over the last two years. You've opened the door to end the brand split. Now it's time to do it because there's no bigger time for it to happen. And from that, you can fix everything else that's wrong with the fucking show. One world title, one woman's title, One set of tag team titles, it's time we go back to a normal way of life watching WWE television. One roster for Raw, one roster for SmackDown. That is it. They all share the same fucking titles and they all share the same roster. Now, WWE, you know, they could go in a completely different direction. They could go in a completely different direction, but they are not going to abandon the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar storyline. They're not going to do that. They are not going to do that. We could get WWE dropping the entire fucking thing because of COVID-19. Whatever we we watched on television, WWE could say, you know what? We're going to take the eraser. We're going to erase all of it and go in a completely different direction. I saw the chat. I see you guys crying out for one name in particular. What if we get Walter? What if we get Walter getting involved and winning the Royal Rumble and maybe he wrestles Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw for the WWE Championship or maybe he wrestles Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship or maybe Roman Reigns wins both the Universal and WWE title and then enters Walter to take down the Tribal Chief. I saw Walter's name thrown around in the chat. I don't know where he fits in there, but... I find it highly unlikely that WWE would use somebody like that in this current state of which they are going in with Lesnar and Roman Reigns. At the end of the day, WWE has taken Big E's reign and everything that came along with it and fucking did absolutely nothing to enhance Big E as a performer in the company. What good did the title reign do Big E? It did nothing for Big E. Big E is just as he was before he won the WWE title, and that is a fucking fail. That goes to show you that Big E wasn't ready for the WWE championship in that moment, but you opted to give him the championship anyway. Bobby Lashley wasn't ready to be without the WWE Championship. You opted to give it to Big E and make everybody fucking happy for 24 hours, and then they went right back to 1.5 ratings on Monday night, which could be another reason why WWE decided to take the title off of Big E because Lesnar's the much bigger name, and that gave themselves an easy out to try and maybe put a Band-Aid on the bleeding ratings on Monday night. But all I know is this is an ample opportunity. For WWE to finally end the brand split. This is it. I am not a fan of hot shot booking. But I am also not a fan of COVID-19. WWE had no choice. It was either Lesnar or bust. So they did the right thing tonight. By giving it to Brock Lesnar. Now. In WWE fashion. Just like I say about everything that they do. They do one thing that's particularly right in in this situation. And it's all about the follow up. Is WWE going to follow up on what they did tonight in the right way? No, they won't because they don't want to. They also don't know how to. They will not be following this up with the right thing. They will not be doing what is needed because WWE is run by a bunch of fucking idiots who don't know how to run a wrestling promotion. WWE needs to end the brand split. That's all I get out of Brock Lesnar winning the WWE championship tonight. That's it. That's it. On top of that, day one did little to offer anything new. This was a Monday Night Raw on a Saturday night. The best match of the night was the Usos and the New Day. Bar none. Bar none. We've seen it a thousand fucking times But every time they're in the ring together, you know you're going to get a quality match out of both of those teams, as both of those teams are two of the best teams in WWE history. Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan was the other big story coming into tonight's show. I don't give a shit what people on social media tell me. I will be giving you my thoughts because all I have is 140 characters on Twitter. But all I will tell you is this, WWE failed Liv Morgan once Again, botched ending or no botch in the end. Liv Morgan at the end of the night in Atlanta is walking out a loser. And she lost clean as a whistle. I'm sorry. I didn't see Becky Lynch's foot on the rope. She tried to, but from my vantage point with my 2020 vision, I saw Becky Lynch pin Liv Morgan clean as a fucking whistle. Goodbye, Liv Morgan. You can join Tony Storm and retire to catering. Or in this case, Tony Storm is home having homemade food because she did the right thing and quit this piece of shit company. Also, we got RK Bro and the Street Profits. Not really much there, but it's RK Bro and the Street Profits. I don't know what else to say besides that. And that was pretty much it tonight, man. Miz versus Edge was a snooze fest. What a fucking dud of a match, man. Holy shit, where, where are all the people claiming that it was going to be just as good as MJF and CM Punk, huh? Where, where are you guys? Huh? What happened? You know what? I'm not going to fall asleep during MJF and CM Punk when they actually get into the ring, but I almost fell asleep tonight with fucking Mike Mizanin and Edge in the ring tonight. Oh my God, Beth Phoenix is back. Great. Great, let's get it done at the Royal Rumble and give Edge something actually important to do at WrestleMania instead of wrestling fucking Maurice and Mike Mazzani. Are you fucking serious? Jesus Christ. Get it over with and move on. I don't need to sit here watching fucking snooze fests with Edge in his final year of a three-year contract with WWE. You kidding me? Anyway. We're going to go over everything tonight and uh, what transpired. I appreciate you guys joining me tonight. We got 3,400 fucking people in the goddamn venue tonight, man. That makes my, that makes me smile. It really does make me smile, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I, I don't know if you guys knew, but I was live earlier this afternoon. Wasn't anything WWE related, but I was live with my good friend, Jesse. And we talked about the Tony Khan and Big Swole situation that blew up on New Year's Eve last night. Uh, If you guys want a really down-to-earth, in-depth, honest, and truthful interpretation of what two professional wrestling fans, and most importantly, friends, because Jesse's one of my best friends, thought about the situation, I urge you to go check it out, man. I really do. It's on the channel right now. Go and check it out. It's there for you once you're done here with the Day One post Show. Follow me on social media, man. We are nearing 36,000 followers on Twitter. Thank you guys very much for uh, finding me interesting enough to follow on social media, man. That's Twitter and Instagram at JD from NY206. I see the likes, man. We got 900 likes and 3,400 people in the venue, man. We got to have at least 1,500 likes on the live stream right now. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, hit that thumbs up, man. It helps out the video tremendously, and it gets the podcast and the channel in the recommended section on YouTube. Super chats are open, as I what I've seen so far, man. We got some massive bombs already. So get your super chats in, man. Go to the bar, order your drink. The drinks are flowing. The beer is ice cold at the optimum temperature, man. And I got one hell of a beer list in the venue. So make sure you guys get your super chats in. Hang out. We'll hang out at the end of the show and go over them all. You guys let me know what you thought of day one tonight. This new premiere live event at WWE gave us on New Year's Day. Now we had to hear about 26 fucking times tonight. Also, become a member. Become a VIP. Hit that join button. You guys get access to the VIP room. You guys get access to the emotes. You guys get access to those badges next to your name to show off your VIP status. Make sure you guys go and hit that join button and become a VIP right here on OTS. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout to save yourself all the hassle, man. F-R-E-E. You're going to get a free sample on me tonight. All you guys got to do is pay the shipping handling. That's BlueChew.com. And I want to thank them once again for always sponsoring the podcast. And they are going to be with me for the rest of 2022. Awesome. Let's get into the top, man. We got the uh, day one pre-show. We got a tag team match with Sheamus teaming up with Ridge Holland against Cesaro and Ricochet. This was, once again, on the WWE pre-show for day one. Now, as far as uh, the match is concerned, I thought the match was fine. And I've been a big fan of Sheamus for a very long time, man. If you go back and look at Sheamus's body of work for 2021, he's been on Monday Night Raw the majority of the year. Sheamus has absolutely killed it as far as an in-ring aspect is concerned. It's very difficult to find anybody that's been on top of his game like Sheamus has all year. And I thought he did a fantastic job all year. And that is continuing... In 2022, I don't like the pairing with Rich Holland. I do and I don't at the same time. I majority don't like it because I honestly feel that Rich Holland is not getting over by being paired with Sheamus because all WWE is doing is pretty much focusing on Sheamus and not really doing much of anything to enhance Rich Holland. Rich Holland comes out. Yeah, he's with Sheamus He's standing next to Sheamus, but he's coming out to Sheamus' theme music. He's got no identity. Sheamus is taking over the majority of the team. There's nothing about the team that really has me sitting there wanting to know more about Ridge Holland. He's just there. He's just there. So I don't like the pairing because I feel like WWE has kind of given most of the workload to Sheamus, and it's not really doing anything to get Ridge Holland over Rich Holland has no identity. Cesaro is always going to be a fan favorite because of his work rate. And I think everybody is kind of in the same boat with Cesaro. They want more out of Cesaro, but I think Cesaro actually peaked in WWE when they feuded him with Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship last year. The sad thing is it didn't happen in front of fans. It happened in the Thunderdome. So hopefully maybe WWE goes back and kind of builds Cesaro up in that uh, real baby face role that he thrived so well in in that feud with Roman Reigns. Ricochet is another guy, man. Ricochet, you know, you, you can sit here and talk about the diversity that Big Swole and Tony Khan were talking about in AEW. But with Ricochet, it's a situation where we know he is fantastic at what he does. And we know it's a situation that he deserves an opportunity to showcase that in front of more people with different opponents. He deserves to be placed in championship opportunities. We know how good he is. And WWE hasn't given him the opportunity to do that. Is 2022 going to be a different story for Ricochet? I highly doubt it. I don't think WWE sees much value in Ricochet. I could sit here and tell you that WWE doesn't like the type of guy that Ricochet is. He's too flippy, he's too divey. he's too small, you know. But what it boils down to is Ricochet is a Triple H guy. He's a Paul Levesque guy. I mean, Paul Levesque is even in his theme music when he says the one and only. Who do you think that is? It's Paul Levesque, Triple H. So I don't think Ricochet is going really much of anywhere on SmackDown because WWE has actively been trying to erase everything that Paul Levesque has done And Ricochet just happens to be there. And WWE, in their best interest, is not going to do anything with Ricochet. That's just the way I see it. Now, I've been right on many occasions, man. I even said on Friday night when we watched Tony Storm and Charlotte Flair in that championship match, I felt like that was it for Tony Storm. It felt like that was her final match in WWE. And then lo and behold, she flies herself home. She quit. It's very easy to pinpoint these things, man. You just got to watch the show. But this was a great match, and this really highlighted, again, how great Sheamus has been. Now, the story of the match, Holland suffered a legit injury within the first few minutes of this match, and they immediately took him out of the match, what was diagnosed as a broken nose. Rich Holland broke his nose. Rich Holland also came back from an injury before he got drafted to SmackDown, Rich Holland also appears to be made of fucking glass because every time this guy steps in the ring, he's also getting hurt. That's not really going to instill confidence in WWE because I'm sure they're aware of his injury in NXT and now here he is breaking his nose, but this wasn't really his fault. This was just a wrong place at a wrong time situation and the spot was absolutely fucking brutal. It was just a miscue on Ricochet's behalf, but that's what happens when you get in the ring. So the face is at the early advantage here. Cesaro caught Holland. Slammed him down. Ricochet tagged in. Fans were loving Ricochet. Uh, Cesaro assisted Ricochet in hitting a standing shooting star press for near fall. Ricochet's knee connected or boot connected with Holland's face on the landing. He hit Ricochet right on Holland's nose and almost like scraped his boot, the bottom of his boot, right across his face. It looked fucking bad, man. Blood was pouring out of his nose. Michael Cole noted that Rich Holland had a broken nose and was taken to the back by the medical team. Sheamus was now left all by himself to fight these guys two-on-one. So Sheamus slowed the pace down with a shin lock, and Ricochet tried fighting back, but Sheamus hit an Irish curse backbreaker for a near fall. Sheamus dominated Ricochet until Cesaro got the hot tag. Cesaro ran wild, hitting a running uppercut against the barricade at ringside. Cesaro hit a flying crossbody for a near fall. He then gave Sheamus the giant swing into a sharp shooter. Sheamus fought back, made it to the bottom rope. Sheamus caught Cesaro with a knee. Ricochet broke up the pin. Ricochet then sent Sheamus to the floor and attempted a plancha, but Sheamus caught him in midair and connected with a white noise on the concrete to Ricochet. Sheamus then jumped off the top rope. Cesaro caught him with a big uppercut, and then we fast forward to the finish. The finish came when Cesaro missed a tackle in the corner. Sheamus hit the broke kick to pin Cesaro as Ricochet was taken out on the outside by that white noise. Seamus pins Cesaro for the one, two, three. And that was it. Sheamus wins the match. And he pins. He pins Cesaro 1, 2, 3, to win this match 2 on 1. And that's the way it is, man. Uh, Seamus has been great. And I, I don't think WWE realizes how great Sheamus has been. But He beats them two-on-one. They got a great mid-card if they want to use it. I think we could get a lot out of the mid-card on SmackDown, but WWE is just not utilizing these guys correctly, man. They just feel flat. They all feel like they're just there. Sheamus has been head and shoulders better than everybody because he's had the momentum coming out of 2021. He's had some great matches. But we need to start getting Nakamura back into the spotlight. We We need to start getting Sami Zayn back into the spotlight. We need to start getting... You know, guys like Ricochet and Cesaro into the spotlight. Even Madcap Moss had a great fucking match tonight, man. And I hate the gimmick. I think the Corbin gimmick is terrible. But he had a great showing tonight against Drew McIntyre. WWE's got a solid mid-card on SmackDown. They need to start doing something with that mid-card. And they really need to start pushing those guys to become the next main event players on Friday night. Otherwise, we're going to be at the end of the year and Roman Reigns is still going to have nobody as far as competition is concerned, on Friday night. The actual show opened up with the Usos and the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Now, we had the Universal Championship match omitted from the show because of Roman Reigns testing positive for COVID-19. But if there was one match on this show that you were going to give more time to, to fill the pay-per-view... For the full three hours, it was absolutely going to be this match. Now, the build to this match was terrible. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I have no interest in seeing Usos and The New Day again battle it out for the tag team championships. In fact, if you want me to be even more brutally honest with you, this match is everything wrong with the tag team division in WWE. This is WWE dying on their hill. Of not creating new stars, not creating new tag teams, not pushing new stars, and not letting go of the old guard. Everything about this match is what's wrong with the tag team division. Now, I'm not taking anything away from these teams. They are two of the best teams in WWE, but this is all on the company for failing to deliver quality tag team wrestling on a regular basis. That doesn't include... The New Day and the Usos. These teams could go out there every single night and have a fucking five-star match if they wanted to. How many times are you interested in seeing that? This has to be at least the 20th time that we've seen this over the last several years. Nobody wants to see it anymore. It's over. Especially after tonight where one team lost clean and the other won decisively. It's all over. I do not want to see it ever Again. The build for this match was terrible, and the Usos looked like losers. In fact, they were. They lost every single fucking time. They were in the ring with the New Day. Not really what I call championship material, but that's what WWE does with their champions. They won this match in decisive fashion. It was a competitive match. It was fast-paced. It was hard-hitting. It was exciting. It was probably the only match that the fucking fans in Atlanta were into outside the main event. These two teams killed it, and they react big for the finish. It was awesome. So the New Day had the early advantage. They isolated Jimmy on their side of the ring. Kofi Kingston went after Jay on the apron, allowed uh, Jimmy, this allowed Jimmy to hit a super kick. Jay then rocked Kingston with a clothesline at ringside. Usos took over and started to isolate Kofi Kingston in their portion of the ring. Jay was uh, kind of paying homage to Roman kind of mimicking Roman in the match. Superman punch, hit the Rikishi splash in the corner. He missed a second splash, and Kingston briefly fought back. The Usos regained control after knocking Woods off the apron. Jay Uso and Kofi Kingston fought on top. Kingston knocked Jay off and hit a DDT. King Woods gets the hot tag. He ran wild on Jimmy, hit his rolling clothesline on Jimmy, and a drop kick to the back of Jay's neck. Woods then hit a side rush and leg sweep on Jimmy. Jay jumped in in, uh, in the ring and he got a drop kick to save his brother Jimmy. Then slammed Woods outside on the announce table. Jimmy and Jay gave Woods an assisted Samoan drop for a near fall back. in the ring. Kingston tagged in, hit a double foot stomp. He went for a cover, got a two count. He followed that up with a boom drop. Set up for trouble in paradise, but Jay counted with a super kick. Jimmy hit the splash off the top for another close near fall. Fans were breaking out into loud chants of this is awesome. And it definitely was. Jimmy attacked Kingston's leg, locked on a half crab submission. Kingston made it to the ropes. Woods then dragged Jimmy out of the ring. Kingston and Jay went back and forth, back and forth with near falls. So none of them got the victory off of several near fall attempts. Kingston hit the SOS for another near fall. New Day then hit their finishing move. I don't know what they call it, but it's the backbreaker double footstop combo off the top rope. That got a near fall. Usos fought back, hit a double super kick on Kingston. They followed up with a double diving Usos splash off the top rope simultaneously on Kofi Kingston. Woods broke up the attempt. This was getting great. Down to the nitty gritty man. It was anybody's game at this point. So both teams faced off in the middle of the ring. They were like, you know what? Fuck this shit. Let's just go all out fisticuffs. And that's exactly what they did. Finish came when the Usos caught Kingston with super kicks. And then out of nowhere, hit a 3D paying homage to the Dudley boys. They hit the 3D on the Usos for the win. And that was it. The Usos retained the tag team championships and defeat the New Day in what was a fantastic open to day one. But I'm not surprised seeing the two teams that were involved. Remember when I said about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar unifying the titles, ending the brand split? It would absolutely save tag team wrestling in WWE if they absolutely did the same thing and unified the titles at WrestleMania. There is nobody. On Monday Night Raw side, that's Rated RK or RK Bro. I don't know why I keep calling them Rated RK Bro. I loved Edge and Randy Orton, man. I thought that was a great fucking team. I thought that pairing was absolutely fantastic. But RK Bro, man, on Monday Night, they got no competition. They beat the Mysterios. They beat Alpha Academy. They beat the Street Profits. AJ, no no more. Who else is there? What are you doing with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle? Are you going to call up somebody from NXT? Imperium is more than ready to be on the main roster. And right now Matt Riddle is aiding MSK against Imperium on NXT. We may actually get we may actually get some six-man tag team action out of that with Matt Riddle teaming with MSK against Walter and Imperium. Imagine they take that to the main roster and Imperium comes up and feuds with RK Bro. Take my fucking money, man. That's what I want to see. That's the type of level of tag team competition I want to see on Monday night, in WWE in general. Same thing with the Usos. They got no competition. The New Day's in the back of the line now. Who do the Usos have on Friday night to defend those tag team championships against? Nobody. So what are we doing? What are we doing with tag team wrestling, and what are we doing with the tag team titles in WWE? Just like Reigns and Lesnar with a possible unification match, which is the best possible solution to end all of WWE's problems. You got to do the same thing with the tag team titles, man. Usos versus RK Bro at WrestleMania unify the championships. That's what you got to do. That's what needs to be done. None of these teams have any competition. And if you want something different outside of the Usos and the New Day, WWE needs to start listening to me because I've been preaching this for the last seven fucking years. It is the only thing that is going to save tag team wrestling in WWE. Kayla Braxton was in the back. She interviewed Migos, this rap trio that WWE comically said was the greatest group of all time. I mean, are you fucking serious? Give me a fucking break. Greatest group of, of what? To do what exactly? I mean, give me a break. So they were talking about how they were fans and they were happy to be there and blah, blah, blah. I never heard of them before. All I wish was that Bobby the Brain Heenan was still alive and he would call them the Amigos instead of Amigos, which I believe is a take on Amigos. Whatever. These guys were there. They were harmless. They didn't really do much of anything on the show. Drew McIntyre. He defeated Madcap Moss. And this was... WWE's way of getting Drew McIntyre on the show this evening. Uh, I don't really understand why we needed this to happen on the show, but here we are. We got it. And it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad at all. In fact, this may have actually took me by surprise. Now, I didn't think this match needed to go as long as it did, but it was a pretty decent match for what we were given. If it did anything... It showed how Mad Cat Moss is actually a decent fucking professional wrestler, man. Riddick Moss, this is Riddick Moss from the old black and gold NXT, man. Riddick Moss had a ton of potential in NXT. It's the fucking gimmick that's holding this guy back. Corbin's gimmick is terrible. It's probably the worst in the industry. The comedy sucks. Corbin's gimmick is mid-card for life. It's not a world championship caliber gimmick. He's not winning titles with the happy Corbin gimmick. He's nothing more than a comedy fucking geek. It's not going anywhere. But if this match did anything, it showed how good Madcap can actually be. And I remember him being very good and really being somebody with a lot of potential in NXT while he was Riddick Moss when Triple H was running the black and gold brand when they were still on the network at one hour. But this match didn't really need to be that long. And and they're in the ring before the match, before McIntyre comes out there. They're shilling these weak jokes, these unfunny jokes Corbin gets in there and says he was going to watch his good friend and the funniest man he's ever met beat Drew McIntyre tonight. Moss says in the U.S., people here, they associate goats with the greatest of all time. Goat equals greatest of all time. Like me, I'm, I'm the goat, as you guys are fully aware of that, right? Whereas in Scotland, a goat is McIntyre's prom date, he says. I don't know who finds this to be funny. I don't know if anybody's in the fucking chat that finds this to be funny, man. Please reveal yourself, man. I'll give you a fucking free shot at the uh, at the bar, in the venue. Seriously. Moore says after he beats McIntyre tonight, he'll fall off the map. So far, he'll have to change his name to who? McIntyre. Again, I, uh, I, I did not laugh at any of this. I, I actually find it to be quite pathetic. I'd love to know who's writing these fucking jokes, man. Who's writing this material? Seriously. This is what I call bombing at the comedy club. So this was the worst set yet of jokes, says Pat McAfee. So McIntyre comes out. He comes swinging Angela around. And the match begins. McIntyre rocked Moss with a shoulder tackle early. Moss briefly fought back, laughed at McIntyre. McIntyre recovered and backed Moss into the corner. He rocked Moss with a clothesline a very, very, very impressive suplex for near fall. Moss caught McIntyre with a boot to the face. McIntyre sent Moss to the floor. Corbin, happy Corbin. You know, happy Corbin that called me one of the dumbest human beings on planet Earth. Happy Corbin, right? Meanwhile, this guy's standing there with a top hat collection, a Rolex collection, and a fucking gimmick that is the worst in the industry. So good for you, Corbin. Um... He was on the outside. He tried to detract McIntyre. He did. Moss took over. Moss landed a shoulder tackle for a near fall, slowed the pace down with the, you guessed it, a chin lock. Always slowing the match down with a chin lock. That's all they know. McIntyre fought back after Moss missed a tackle in the corner. He had a uh, move with the middle turnbuckle. McIntyre hit a neck breaker, went for a future shock DDT. Moss fought back. McIntyre hit a pop-up powerbomb, which looked really good for a near fall. McIntyre went for a crossbody, but Moss caught him. This was the best part of the match. McIntyre went for a crossbody. Moss caught him. And Moss fumbled around a bit because it was the momentum of McIntyre in which he caught him. That kind of threw him off balance a little bit, but he maintained his balance. He recovered and hit a fallaway slam for a near fall. Very impressive stuff by Madcap Moss. McIntyre fought back in a future shock DDT. Moss caught McIntyre in a tree of well, but McIntyre counted with a overhead suplex in the tree of well position. We've seen that from him before. McIntyre went for the Claymore. Moss counted with a kick to the face. McIntyre recovered. He did the three, two, one, and Claymore, no more Madcap Moss. McIntyre wins in a very uh, long match for Madcap standards. That didn't need to go as long as it did, but McIntyre gets the very predictable win here at day one. In the back, Megan Morant interviewed Kevin Owens. He wasn't happy that they added Brock Lesnar to the main event. I mean, I don't know why anybody would be happy about adding Brock Lesnar to the main main event. It's just common sense. He said Rollins and Owens would work together until it's just them. And then he promised that he would take out Lesnar And he's been paying attention to how Lesnar has treated his best friend, his soulmate, Sami Zayn. So good on KO, man. He's trying to make some sense about, you know, their little history there and how he wants to get back at Lesnar. And he has no real history with Brock Lesnar. But he wants to get back at Lesnar because Lesnar's been bullying his best friend Sami Zayn. So I like the fact that Kevin Owens threw that in there. We go from Matt Catmoss and Drew McIntyre to the Raw Tag Team Championship match. R.K. Barrow. And they're led to the ring by the Amigos. Amigos. They went and defended the Tag Team Championships of Monday Night Raw against the Shreve Prophets. And they win in 11 minutes. This was actually the finals of the R.K. Baronament, if you guys are aware. Now, I don't know who's watching Monday Night Raw out there, but the Street Profits beat the Mysterios on Monday night to get this opportunity at RK Bro for the tag team titles in what was a tournament that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton put together called the RK Baronament. That's what WWE's doing with their tag teams on Monday night, man. Making fictional, fucking haphazard tournaments because there's nothing else to do. Because there are no tag teams in that division. This was a decent match. Nothing really out of the ordinary that you wouldn't see on Monday Night Raw. And the right team won here with RK Bro retaining the tag team championships. They are too popular. They are very over. And I do not think it's time to break them up. But you do start to get the sense with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle that they are probably going to be each other's opponent at WrestleMania. Unless WWE does something, like I said, and unifies the tag team titles, I don't see why we would have RK-Bro, you know, not break up. I don't see WWE doing anything drastic and fun and new and exciting with the tag team titles. So in my honest opinion, the best match at WrestleMania would be them breaking up and Matt Riddle getting a big victory at WrestleMania over Randy Orton. And Randy Orton going back to being a heel and him going right, or I should say slithering himself back into world title contention at the top of the Monday Night Raw card, where he belongs. Same thing with Matt Riddle, because I do think that this is making Matt Riddle a bigger star on Monday Night Raw. He's proved that he is worthy of a top spot. He's great in the ring. He's very comedic. He's got that natural charisma. This should be making Matt Riddle into a bigger star. And I think they are each other's best opponent at WrestleMania. If WWE doesn't want to do anything as far as making the tag team division better or fixing the tag team division in WWE. So the Street Profits had the early advantage here. This was after Angelo Dawkins took Riddle out with a shoulder tackle. Dawkins looked over at the Amigos sitting at the commentary table. Uh, Thank God, fortunately, they did not say anything on the commentary booth. They just sat there and were spectators for this match because they were in the corner of Bro. So uh, Orton tagged in, and the fans broke out into a big Randy chant. They love Randy Orton. They love Randy Orton. It's the same thing with these RK Bro matches. Riddle gets beaten down. RK Bro, right, they are you know coming back from behind, and Randy Orton gets the tag and he gets the hot tag, and then they end up winning the match. It's the same formula that's been going on with these guys. So Montez Ford danced in the ring as Orton was just watching. There were some uh, cheap shots there, some teases on both teams. Ford backed Orton into the corner, but Orton fought back with a standing dropkick. Riddle went over for a suplex, but Ford slipped out, tagged in Dawkins. Street Profits isolated Riddle in that corner and cut him off from Orton. Ford then rocked Riddle with a PK kick on the outside, hit a standing moonsault. He followed up with a splash for near fall. Riddle fought back. Orton got the hot tag, which is the formula for these RK broad matches. He got the hot tag. He ran wild on Ford and hit a power slam. His signature power slam, of course. Orton looked over at Migos and hit a double-draping DDT on the Street Profits. Orton went for the RKO, but Ford countered with a cradle for a near fall of his own riddle, knocked Dawkins off the apron with a big jumping knee. Ford then shoved Riddle off the ropes. He landed on Dawkins. Ford then hit a huge running dive over the top rope, over the corner, over the turnbuckle, took out RK Bro at ringside. The finish came when Orton avoided the frog splash from Montez Ford, riddled through Ford in the air, up in the air. Randy Orton hit the RKO assist, and that was it. After the match, RK, bro, and the Street Profits shook hands and celebrated with Migos as they retain the Raw Tag Team Championships. You know, I don't know what you guys think about the Street Profits' But I'm honestly, and I may be the only one here. I may be the only one here, but you guys let me know. Uh, I kind of feel, if you look at Montez Ford, man, Montez is looking a little heelish, if you ask me, man. He's got the big, bushy beard. He's got the new hairstyle. Is Montez Ford getting ready to turn on Angelo Dawkins now, it doesn't really feel like it yet, but when you look at Montez, man, it looks like it looks like he may be inching closer to the dark side. Now, I don't know how, how that's gonna work out. I mean, that's a terrible decision in itself. I mean, if Montez Ford goes on and leaves the Street Profits, then Angelo Dawkins is pretty much gonna be on Nick Khan's cut list. I mean, there's there's no hope for Angelo Dawkins, and I think I think he's very well aware of that. And I think the fans are very well aware of that as well. They're such a good team, though, but I feel like they've done so much so soon. They've been SmackDown Tag Team Champions. They've been Monday Night Raw Tag Team Champions. They've been NXT Tag Team Champions. I mean, what else is there for them to do? There are no tag teams. They've beaten the Mysterios. They've beaten the Alpha Academy. They lost to RK-Bro. They've feuded with the Usos. What is there for the Street Profits to do? I I just feel feel it inside my fucking soul that WWE is going to get ready to break up these two two guys and break up the Street Profits this year. I think that's a terrible decision, man. You better fucking fix that tag team division and give these boys some fucking competition. I'm telling you that right now. It is way too early to break up anybody. I don't even think that's the right team to break up. If you're going to break up a fucking team, break up Morton and Riddle. They're not even a real team. But what is WWE doing here, man? Why would you take Angelo Dawkins and pretty much end his career? All for the sake of pushing Montez Ford. Right now, they are greater together than Montez Ford is as a solo act. But I just feel, I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon, but I just feel, but with his appearance, it looks like they may be inching closer to something happening there. And I honestly think Montez Ford is a breakout guy. I think everybody that watches him knows that. And if you turn him heel, man, imagine a heel Bianca and Bianca going back to really being the EST, like we saw in NXT. Can you imagine a power couple of Bianca and Montez Ford, man? That is fucking something I would love to see on my television. I think that'd be great, honestly. But we'll see what happens, man. Maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm overthinking things. I'm not really sure. But it looks like as far as, uh, what he's, uh, transformed himself into with the big beard and the new hairstyle. It looks like he may be going rogue. I don't know. But the Street Profits lose. RK-Bro retains the tag team championships. Edge. Edge. And The Miz. This was a match that absolutely, and if you tell me you were, I know you're fucking lying to me, man. This is a match that absolutely nobody asked for. This is a match that nobody... Nobody wanted to see. Nobody has any interest in Edge versus Mike Mizanin. I'm sorry. And now you know why. You saw it tonight on day one. This match was the cure for anybody's insomnia. I thought I was watching a match in slow motion. I thought I was in a fucking time warp, man. I really did. I thought I was in and out of sleep and in and out of some dream sequence, man. Everything was moving at a slow pace. I felt like I was moving in slow motion. I didn't know what to do or where to go. There's only so many tweets I can scroll through on my fucking Twitter feed. This match was fucking boring. Boring. And the crowd showed you how boring this match was because they were dead fucking silent through most of this thing up until the end when we saw the emergence of Beth Phoenix. This shit sucked. This match was fucking terrible. This is Edge's last year of a three-year contract that he signed to return to the WWE. And in your last year, With Edge, you're putting him in a match against Mike Mizanin, the Miz, the safest, most boring, most dull professional wrestler in the industry. You want to put in there against Edge, who's had barn burners with Randy Orton and Seth Rollins. This is who you want in there. This is who you want in there with fucking Mike Mizanin, right? I don't get it. I don't really understand the desire to see this match. You know, everybody criticized me. The night in which Mike Mizanin, the Miz, made his return to WWE after doing Dancing with the Stars. CM Punk and MJF came off that blistering promo where they took the first 20 minutes of Dynamite and set the wrestling world on fire, showing you exactly how to sell a storyline and get you excited for a match. CM Punk mentioned Mike Mizanin, The Miz, in his promo, and then lo and behold, Dancing with the Stars was already finished and The Miz was eliminated for about two or three weeks now. There he is on Monday Night Raw, the AEW fairy mentioned the Miz and then all of a sudden WWE says, hey, I know what we need on TV. The Miz, he's trending because everybody's comparing him to MJF because he was mentioned on Dynamite. So what does WWE do? They go and do their homework. Or I should say not that not really do their homework. They went they went and got the cliff notes. They uh, got their cheat sheet ready. They went to go watch the clip of MJF and CM Punk and they tried to apply everything that happened in that promo in the promo between Edge and Mike Mizanin and they failed miserably. Now, why did they fail miserably? Clearly, it was a blatant ripoff, number one. Number two, there's no emotion there. There's no emotion. There's no prior history with Edge and The Miz. No matter how you fabricate it, no matter how you spin it, no matter how you write it or shill it to me. There's no emotion there because there's no prior history there. All I see is WWE trying to fit in with the trends because they're not cool enough to be cool like AEW, MJF, and CM Punk. And they're trying to ride the wave of momentum set forth by the other company that they seemingly don't think is competition. But here you are stealing all of their fucking homework. This was something that got off on the wrong foot immediately. I saw right through it. So how can I invest myself in this bullshit when I know all you're doing is copying what Tony Khan is doing with MJF and CM Punk? Nobody asked for this. Mike Mizanin shilling this promo and nothing as far as emotion is resonating with me. Edge is fantastic. I've said it multiple times. Edge has done some of the best work of his career In this run. I hope he gives us another three years. To be honest with you. I think he's that good. He still is that good. But what they did here. Is give me one guy. I legitimately fucking love and care about. And put him against somebody. That is trying so desperately. To make this make sense. And make this feel emotional. And it's not. It's not. And that's the result. You can give me brood baths. You can give me, you know, Edge doing the fucking evil thing he did against Rollins with the mid. It's not working. It's not working. You can give me Maurice playing mind games with Edge. You can bring back Beth Phoenix. It's not working. I don't give a shit about this at all. There are much bigger things for Edge to do. And I hope that's the fucking plan going into WrestleMania because I could give you a list of four different fucking guys. I want to see edge wrestle at WrestleMania and none of them are Mike Mizanin and none of them include teaming with his wife. This match sucked big time. They failed this so badly to a point that bet Phoenix is now back and everybody, Oh my God, Vet Phoenix is uh, my favorite of all time. I'm so happy she's back. No, you're not. Why don't you cut the shit out and give me give me the real fucking emotion? You're happy that Beth Phoenix is back for what? A feud with the fucking Miz and Maurice? <laughs> if you think this is the use of Beth Phoenix or the best use of Beth Phoenix in WWE. Having her quit NXT's commentary position. If you think this is the best use of Beth Phoenix, man, you're a complete fucking moron. Really. This shit is as emotionless as anything I've seen in the last 12 months on WWE television. This shit sucked. So Miz obviously slowed the pace down. They traded arm drags in the beginning of the match. Miz slowed the pace down because that's what he does. He makes the match boring. He worked over Edge's leg. Edge fought back in an inverted draping DDT for a two-count. Miz tried to fight back, but Edge hit a sidewalk slam for a near fall. Miz took advantage by kicking the knee and hitting a DDT for a two-count. Miz then hit his, uh, well, what are they called now? Is he still calling them the uh, the it kicks? He hit those uh, Daniel Bryan Esque yes, kicks that he stole from Daniel Bryan. He can't even fucking utilize his own moves correctly. He hit the it kicks on edge, but he avoided the last one and rolled him up for near fall. Edge fought back, dropped Miz on the apron. Edge then hit the impaler DDT off the apron for near fall. Miz then took control of the match and slammed Edge's head into the announce table on the outside. He went for the skull crushing finale on top of the announce table, but Edge countered and dropped him face first on the desk instead. Edge then hit a flying cross body for a near fall. Miz went for the skull crushing finale again, but Edge rolled him up for two count. Miz sent Edge into the ring post and attacked the leg once again. He followed up with a figure four leg lock. Edge reversed that. Miz gave Edge a slingshot into the corner, rolled him up with his feet on the ropes. Referee caught Miz trying to cheat, so he stopped the count. Edge got the cross face on Miz, but Maurice put his foot on the bottom rope to break the hold. So Maurice was getting involved slowly but surely here towards the end. Miz hung Edge on the top rope. He went for the inverted DDT. Edge counted with a backslide, but Miz broke free. They took each other out with a big boot at the same time. Double down for Mister Mizanin and Edge. Edge gave Miz a hip toss off the top rope, which did not look very good at all. Edge went for the spear, but Miz jumped out of the way. Edge hit the rink post. Maurice hit him in the face with her bag or her purse, I believe. Miz then hit the skull crushing finale and Edge kicked out at two and a half. Maurice jumped on the apron, started yelling at the referee. All of a sudden, we see Beth Phoenix standing in the aisleway in silence. She's standing there and she's she's looking around like she's fucking wolverine man like she's the tasmanian devil looking to fucking feast on somebody just standing there just standing there no music no music she's doing this for about 30 seconds 45 seconds Then all of a sudden, Kevin Dunn decides to play her fucking theme music. And then she walks down the aisle. I don't know what happened there, but maybe Kevin Dunn apparently fell asleep, man. Maybe he forgot what Beth Phoenix's theme music was. I don't know. But it looked fucking awkward, I'll tell you that. She's standing there. Look at these fucking faces, man forcing herself to look angry with no fucking theme music. All of a sudden, her theme music hits, and then she starts walking down the aisle. I don't know whose mistake it was, man. Maybe Kevin Dunn fell asleep. Maybe Beth Phoenix jumped the gun and came out early, and they didn't know. I have have no idea. I have no idea. But she walks down the aisle, and Beth Phoenix appeared there. She stood there for several moments. Her music hit. She walks down the aisle. Maurice ran away. Miz was yelling at Phoenix. Edge then hit the spear with his wife's distraction. Edge gets the victory over Mike Mizanin with the spear. Edge and Phoenix posed in the ring after the match. And that was it. Uh, Listen, whoever is uh, in charge of this feud and booking this feud, I I have one request for you guys. I got one simple fucking request, man. Uh let's end it. Let's move on. Uh Beth Phoenix is back. We got uh by my estimation, we got about 4 weeks till the Royal Rumble, right? We do this mixed tag team match at the Royal Rumble and we fucking end the feud. That gives you all of February, all of March and a week in April to build Edge versus AJ Styles or Edge versus Kevin Owens. At WrestleMania in Dallas. I want nothing to do with Mike Mizanin, Maurice Edge, and Beth Phoenix. You got your tag team match now all set up and squared away, your mixed tag team match, right? Do it at the Royal Rumble or do it in Saudi, wherever you're going to make the most money off of it. After that, end it. And move Edge on to something a little bit more important, man. This was the most unimportant match of Edge's return. This shit sucked, and I'm not even blaming him, man. Edge is a fucking legend, and he's been doing some of the best work of his entire career in this run. It's all The Miz. The Miz just emits boredom. He just is a boring pro wrestler, and there's nothing about The Miz that's entertaining. His style sucks. The Miz has the worst offense in all of pro wrestling. There's nothing about him that is engaging at all. There was one moment, one moment in the career of Mike Mizan that I absolutely was in love with the guy. And that's when he was Intercontinental Champion in 2016, feuding with Dolph Ziggler over the Intercontinental title. Mike Mizan and then the Miz then was absolutely fucking fantastic. The Miz that we're getting now, get him off my TV. This guy sucks. This match was fucking garbage. Complete and utter garbage. If anybody thinks otherwise, man, I don't know what the fuck you watched. I don't know what the fuck you were watching. This shit was trash. Edge deserves so much better. Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. This was for the Raw Women's Tag Team um, team Championships. No. No one worthless title compared to the other, man. They're they're, they're both in the same. This was for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defending against Liv Morgan tonight at day one, man. We are going to take a look at the chat. I appreciate you guys, man. We got 3,200 fucking people in the venue, man. I gotta take myself a cold beverage, man. I've been fucking rocking and rolling all night. You guys are awesome. Ah, that's good, man. That's good, man. My cold beverages are cold. You gotta love it. We got 3,200 people in the venue tonight, man. Thank you guys so very much. Continue coming on in. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,274 likes on the live stream right now, man. We are almost at 1,500. Can we get to 1,500 right now? Get those super chats in, man. We're gonna go over all the super chats at the end of the show and continue to hit that join button and become a VIP right here on Off The Script. Tonight, sponsored... By Blue Chew. It's 2022, fellas. So let's start the new year with a... uh, (laughs) Oh, bang! That's right, man. This episode tonight is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, confidence can take you far in life. It could also help you in the bedroom. Especially when it comes to stepping up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes into play, man. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra. And Cialis put insurable tablets, and they come at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you guys can even plan ahead and be ready whenever that opportunity arises. And the process is very simple, man. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed online medical providers. And once you guys are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days, man. The best part, it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy because who likes waiting in fucking line for anything, right? And blue Juice tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a very discreet package, man. You know, they always say that first impressions are important. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, man. First impressions are important, but what about those lasting impressions if you guys catch my drift? So if you guys can benefit From extra confidence when it's time to perform Why not give Blue Chew a try And I've got a special deal For all my listeners tonight man On the day one post show Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code JD at checkout Just pay the $5 shipping and handling Man that's BlueChew.com Promo code JD To receive your first month free And I want to thank them for once again Being with me For all of 2022 Right here On Off The Script. Liv Morgan and Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, man. I know you guys wanted to hear my thoughts on this. I've been very vocal about this in the weeks leading up to this match. WWE and women's wrestling is in a complete dumpster fire right now. Women's wrestling in WWE is at the worst it's been since the end of the Divas era. And I mean that wholeheartedly. If you think women's wrestling in WWE is at a good place right now, you clearly aren't watching the fucking show. You're not watching the show like I am. WWE's refusal to build new stars is one of the things that's killing their division every single week. Every single week. Rhea Ripley is a fucking disaster. Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. These are the only three women actively on television. I'm even going to include Bianca Belair, but she don't even feel the same because she is still suffering from a 26-second burial at SummerSlam that she's still feeling right now. WWE has this thing about only pushing who they want and making everybody else seem inconsequential, inadequate, not on the same level. They bring up Isaiah Lee. Who gives a shit? What happened to everybody else before Isaiah Lee? Where's Shotzi? Look at what they did to Tony Storm. They fired Tegan Knox without even giving her fucking TV time after the draft. WWE could have easily had. The best women's division in all of North America. But they refuse to push and create new stars. They want to die on the hill of Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Alexa, and that's it. Alexa's not even on fucking TV. Alexa's fucking terrible. Everything Alexa did was terrible. The only thing I think, the only thing I think I enjoyed about Alexa Bliss was when she was in that beginning stages of becoming a part of the Bray Wyatt Act. She really did good there. But Alexa Bliss is fucking garbage. There's nothing about Alexa Bliss that's worthwhile. But this is who WWE finds to be superstars in their division. Asuka has had worthless fucking title reigns. They did nothing with Asuka. They did nothing with Kyrie Sane. Eo Shirai is still hanging around in NXT. God forbid she gets fucking called up. She won't see a light of day the way she needs to on the main roster. WWE's lack of, of care in women's wrestling and in the women's division, man, is very, it is very noticeable. And it's quite sad. One of the superstars that WWE had is Liv Morgan. She has everything that you would want. Or you would think everything that WWE would want as far as a female performer. She's beautiful. She's blonde, right? She fits all of their fucking criteria as far as what to look like, what she needs to look like. She's not too big. She's not too small. She she knows how to wrestle. She's not bad. She checks off all the boxes. So why is Liv Morgan now just getting an opportunity at Becky Lynch? Why is Liv Morgan now just getting an opportunity at the Raw Women's Championship in a high-profile title feud? This woman's never been through a contract signing. She's never fucking cut a promo for more than 30 seconds on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, wherever she was wrestling. And this has harmed her in a way where she doesn't come off as somebody that I genuinely believe in. Now, tonight she wrestled Becky Lynch in what I thought was the absolute best match of this girl's career. Liv Morgan killed her performance tonight. But WWE did the killing tonight as well. They killed a potential breakout star. Whether it was a botched ending or not, Liv Morgan's a loser. When you read the Daily News tomorrow morning, you see the line score Becky Lynch against Liv Morgan. It will be Becky Lynch defeats Liv Morgan. Becky Lynch is still your Raw Women's Champion. Doesn't matter what happened at the end or what you thought was supposed to happen at the end with a manhandle slam or Becky Lynch getting a fucking foot on the rope and cheating to win again. The result was the same. Liv Morgan is a loser. She could have wrestled the greatest match I've ever seen. She is still a loser. Back of the line you go. Now, I don't know what WWE is going to do with Liv Morgan. What good would it have done if Liv Morgan won the match tonight? Have any of you Liv Morgan stands answered this question? What, what would have been done? Or what good shit would have come out of Liv Morgan winning the Raw Women's Championship tonight? If Liv Morgan won the championship tonight, she would have went into the Royal Rumble to lose the title right back to Becky Lynch, and no star would have been made. It would have been as if she never won the championship because what good is winning the championship only to drop it back to somebody at the Royal Rumble? So again, what makes you think all would have been right in the world if Liv Morgan won this Raw Women's Championship match? It would have been right back to where she was before she even feuded with Becky Lynch. Now, the ending of this match is definitely going to be a topic of discussion. Was this the planned ending? Was it a botched ending? Was Becky supposed to cheat to win and Liv Morgan was going to get yet another opportunity at the Royal Rumble for the Women's Championship? I could see it being a situation where the ending was botched, them getting a third match out of this, a final match, and ending the feud. But the thing is, if it was a first match, a second match, and a third match, Becky Lynch is not, she's not walking into WrestleMania without the Raw Women's Championship. That is reserved for either one of three people, one Rhea Ripley, if WWE wants to resuscitate her and build her back up, which is going to take more than just fucking a WrestleMania season, Bianca Belair who I do not want to see win the Royal Rumble again, I think that's a terrible idea. Or Bailey. Which I think would be the best thing. I think Bailey coming back and feuding with Becky Lynch and Bailey being Bailey as a babyface, I think that would be great. I really would. Or if you want to make Becky the babyface and have Bailey continue to be a heel, I'll take that as well because this forced babyface heel bullshit that WWE's been doing with several people is fucking garbage. Becky Lynch is a babyface. Bailey is a heel. If you want to give me that, fine. But Liv Morgan, she was never going to win the Raw Women's Championship. She was never going to maintain a Raw Women's title reign on Monday Night Raw. So what exactly did WWE do here? No matter what they do, Liv Morgan is a loser and a star was not made. Now, the one question I have is, Is WWE going to continue this feud coming out of tonight's show? Because realistically, Becky Lynch has no opponent going into the Royal Rumble. Monday Night Raw's women's division is fucking shit. It may end up being Liv Morgan once again. It could be somebody else. Maybe Liv Morgan wins the Royal Rumble. I've seen some people float that around on social media. I don't think WWE is going to give Liv Morgan the fucking Royal Rumble over a Bianca Belair, a Bailey, a returning Asuka, or Alexa Bliss. I just don't see it happening. There is no money in WWE's eyes when they look at Liv Morgan. That crowd silence tonight spoke volumes. And that's not even Liv Morgan's fault. She wrestled her goddamn heart out tonight. And it all goes back to WWE going back and forth on... Who the fucking babyface is in this feud? Bailey is a heel. I want somebody that defines a fucking role, right? Becky Lynch. I don't know if she's a fucking heel or a babyface. Everybody wants to cheer Becky Lynch, but then they want to cheer Liv Morgan too, and then at the end of this fucking thing, you're met with silence because the, the fans don't know who to fucking cheer for. So what exactly are they accomplishing? It's not helping Liv Morgan out. And Becky Lynch is doing some of the worst work of her fucking career character-wise, because I don't know what the fuck she is. And it's very forced. So at the end of the day, Liv Morgan wrestled a great match. There was a potential, maybe, possibly botched ending. So what does this mean? Are we getting another match, a third match out of this? What do you think's going to happen? Becky Lynch is not going into WrestleMania as the Raw Women's Champion? <laughs> you may get your third match. You may fix this botched ending, apparently, in four weeks at the Royal Rumble, but that's it. It's over. WWE making Liv Morgan a star. That ship has fucking sailed and you'll never see it again. You know where you may end up seeing Liv Morgan? On the fucking cut list. And then in 90 days, she'll go back and join Ruby Soho and AEW. Smash was good, but WWE's inability to create new stars, man. It's fucking very painful. Very painful. They continue to die on that hill of not doing anything with anybody unless you're Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, or Bailey. And it fuck it it, it is painfully fucking boring, man. It really is. Morgan Slam Lynch is set on the announce table outside for an early advantage. She went for the disarmer. Becky broke free, so she tried to apply Becky's own hold on her. Morgan went for her karana, but Lynch held on and swung her into the corner. Lynch beat down Morgan, hit a leg drop off the second turnbuckle for a near fall. Lynch followed up with an exploder suplex. She went for a cover, got a two count. She became frustrated and started to yell at the referee, started to yell at Morgan, yelling at Liv Morgan to stay down. Morgan fought back, sent Lynch face first into the turnbuckle. She missed a tackle in the corner, but hit a drop kick off the second turnbuckle. Lynch fought back with a suplex and locked on an armbar. Morgan broke free. Morgan climbed to the top rope. Lynch cut her off. Lynch went for a superplex, but Morgan slipped out. Morgan then ran up the ropes and hit a sunset bomb for a very close near fall. Morgan was in a situation where she kind of held back a little bit. This gave Becky Lynch the advantage for a disarm her. Morgan made it to the ropes, but Lynch wouldn't break the hole. Lynch was in control. Slam Morgan face first for another near fall. Lynch missed a leg drop, and Morgan hit a nice-looking missile drop kick off the top rope. Lynch rolled to the floor. Morgan was frustrated, so she hit a suicide dive on Becky on the outside. Morgan threw Lynch back in the ring, but Lynch rolled out of the ring again. Champions advantage here. Lynch slammed Morgan's head on the announce table now. As the tides have turned from earlier in the match, tried to win by count out. Morgan began the count, but Lynch threw her back out. Morgan fought back and trapped Lynch in the steps. Morgan stomped on Lynch and put her back in the ring. Morgan locked on a rings of Saturn, which looked great, but Lynch reversed it for a near fall. The finish came when Morgan went for the Oblivion DDT that she usually uses for her finishing move, that little springboard-seated DDT off the middle rope. Lynch countered and hit a manhandle slam for the win. Lynch tried to put her feet on the bottom rope, but was too far, but she ended up winning clean as a whistle. And Becky Lynch pinned Liv Morgan. This is it for Liv Morgan, unless WWE wants to tell the story and fucking twist it in their own way to give us yet another match with these two. But even if you guys get your match... Well, you Liv Morgan fanatics out there, man. I feel your pain. But I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, man. Don't kill the messenger. If you get your third match, you will not see a different result from what you saw in match one or what you saw in match two. Liv Morgan is going into a third potential match with Becky Lynch, and she's not winning the Raw Women's Championship. Liv Morgan will never hold the Raw Women's Championship. Why? Because WWE doesn't trust her. WWE doesn't find money in Liv Morgan. Unless Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair and all the big stars of WWE are out of the title picture and out of WWE for good. Liv Morgan or somebody like Liv Morgan will never find success in this company because WWE has a one track mind and all they see are the four Horsewomen. That is it. And, and, and that said, It really is, because all they see is the four horsewomen, and all I see is WWE putting all of their hopes and dreams and aspirations in these four fucking women, and it's actively killing the women's division. The only person in that entire division, the only two people in that entire division that actively want to put people over and build a real division are Sasha Banks and Bayley. Charlotte Flair couldn't give a shit about the fucking division, and Becky Lynch is just as bad as Charlotte Flair. The division is dead. Women's wrestling in WWE is in shambles. It fucking sucks. And that's because WWE refuses to create anybody but the four horsewoman. Don't kill the messenger. And it's going to be that way until Bruce, Vince, and Johnny Laurinaitis are fucking out of management. Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville announced that he's going to be one of the participants in the 2022 Royal Rumble. I hate this fucking decision. Some people on social media were like, why are you complaining? It's not that serious. Listen, listen. Your fucking mother's pasta sauce wasn't serious on fucking Sunday night last week either. That shit sucked. Tell her I fucking told her it sucked. Give me a fucking break. It's not that fucking serious. Listen to me and listen to me good. I'm not the type of guy that you fuck around with, man. I want a serious fucking product. I don't watch WWE television to watch Johnny fucking Knoxville, 50-year-old Johnny Knoxville of jackass fame that became uncool 20 fucking years ago. I don't watch WWE television to see Johnny Knoxville enter himself in a field of 30 in the Royal Rumble. Now, granted, he may get taken out before the Royal Rumble. He may have an elimination that lasts six seconds. He may beat Bushwhacker Luke's record. I have no fool. Who holds the record? Luke from the Bushwhackers or Santino Morello? What is it, two seconds? Who holds the record? It's got to be Santino Morello. What is it, one second? Whatever. If he's in and out, that's even worse. The point I'm trying to make here is WWE is including Johnny Knoxville as the first participant to announce himself in the Royal Rumble. Johnny Knoxville is actively taking a numbered spot in one of the biggest WWE matches all year. A match that determines the number one contender for a world championship at the main event of WrestleMania. You're actively giving one of these spots to Johnny Knoxville. (laughs) Ha, 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 yeah, you find it funny. I don't. I don't. The Royal Rumble should be used as a platform to give people opportunities that haven't gotten an opportunity in the fucking 365 days that occur in the year. Okay? Okay guy like a Ricochet, guy like a Chad Gable, an NXT upstart that you want to put in the Royal Rumble to build him up is the next big thing in WWE. The Royal Rumble is a match that makes superstars. But you're giving an active role to Johnny fucking Knoxville. Do you understand why I don't like that? Do you understand why I take this shit to be serious? WWE wants to put Johnny Knoxville in there, and I actually give a shit more about their future than WWE does. Am I wrong or am I right? I think I'm right. People like Johnny Knoxville don't belong in the fucking Royal Rumble. Keep it to a field of 30 of active competitors. Whether you want to include everybody on the main roster or mix it up and include some NXT talent, which I do think we will see this year. Johnny Knoxville doesn't need to be in the Royal Rumble. Can you imagine him eliminating somebody? Yeah, I'm a WWE superstar that is in the Royal Rumble, one of the biggest matches of the entire year, and I got eliminated by Johnny Knoxville, man. I, 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 if that was me, I'd go to Vince McMahon and X for my fucking release. Get me out of here. Book my plane ticket, the same thing that Tony Storm booked, man, right back to fucking Orlando. Give me a break. The main event. Big E. Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, and Brock Lesnar. This was for the WWE Championship. It went 10 minutes. It was all action. It was high octane. It was hard hitting, and it came down to WWE going with their tried and true, and that is Brock Lesnar becoming the WWE Champion. Sucks to be Bobby Lashley, sucks to be Seth Rollins, sucks to be Kevin Owens, sucks to be Big E, man. Your WWE title reign was a complete and utter fucking failure. Why did WWE give Big E the WWE title? I don't fucking know. They wanted to appease all the geeks online. You didn't even watch the fucking show. You didn't give a shit about Monday Night Raw. They accumulated some of the worst ratings in the history of the show while Big E was champion. You all cried wanting Big E to be the WWE champion, and he had one of the most unmemorable, one of the worst fucking title reigns of my generation. Did Big E become enhanced by being being the WWE champion? Ask yourself that question. Is Big E better than where he was when he was a part of the New Day? The answer is fucking no. He's not. He's actually worse. Now that I look at Big E, he's actually worse than what he was in the New Day right now. No, but we all want to make the Big E of the New Day, the WWE champion, right? We got we to go in the, and, and push the, the political bullshit on everybody and make Big E the WWE champion. Did Bobby Lashley need to be without the title? No, I don't think so. Bobby Lashley was doing perfectly okay as the WWE champion. There was no reason to change the current formula and switch it from Lashley to Big E. Now, what you've actively done here, and this is not WWE fault. This is all... COVID and the COVID mandates and this and that and who's got fucking COVID and who doesn't have COVID, who tests positive, who's got a quarantine and all this bullshit. Roman Reigns has COVID. He will be back. I don't know when he tested positive. Maybe he shows up on Friday. Maybe he takes the week off and shows up the following Friday. I don't know as long as the man is healthy. That's it. But the thing is, WWE hot-shotted Everything that you watched on Monday Night Raw tonight to not make any sense. Now they're pushing Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and making sure everybody on the Monday Night Raw side doesn't have anything to fight for. They're all sitting out in the rain outside the venue waiting to come in and they're all asking, J.D., can you please let us in, man? It's all cold and rainy out here and we don't have any umbrellas out here and we only want a cold beverage, man. It's exactly what you did to them. It's exactly what you did to Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Bobby Lashley by making Brock Lesnar the WWE champion. Lesnar is the WWE champion. What do they do? I told you at the beginning of the show, I don't want to hear anybody's fucking qualms about it. I don't want to hear any complaints. I don't want to hear any bickering. I don't want to hear any of you fucking people complain to me. You want to know why? Because I'm right. And the way that I guide creative here is the best course of action. WWE is Roman Reigns. He's not relinquishing the title either, so get that out of your fucking mind. He's not relinquishing the title because of COVID, unless he's a lot worse off than what WWE is telling us, which I don't think is the case. Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. Brock Lesnar is now the WWE Champion. This is your WrestleMania main event. Roman Reigns can defend the title against Drew McIntyre on his way to Wrestlemania. Brock Lesnar, we may get a match with Big E at the Royal Rumble. We may get a match with Bobby Lashley at the Royal Rumble. Either way, Lesnar is the champion. He's not losing that title until Wrestlemania. This is a unification match waiting to happen. You unify the titles, you make one world championship, and you end the brand split. This is is the most perfect time to bring WWE back to a sense of normalcy. This is the most perfect time to do it. And you have COVID to thank for that. Otherwise, WWE wouldn't even have this as a thought. This is the time. The brand split is actively making the brand of WWE worse. It makes Raw worse. It makes SmackDown worse. Look at SmackDown every fucking week. There's no fucking way anybody could watch that show and tell me it's a solid two hours. Monday Night Raw is the worst show in the industry. There is no way anybody can actively tell me and come to me with facts that the brand split is helping WWE. Oh, but there will be less opportunities. No, there will not. You write the fucking show. You are in charge of what happens on the show. There is no fucking way you're going to make me and convince me that a brand split is going to be better for WWE than without a brand split. Because they've absolutely fucking killed the brand. They killed Raw, they killed SmackDown with the brand split right now. How much worse can it fucking be? This is the most perfect time to end it. That's it. I don't want to hear anything about it. If WWE doesn't do it, which I suspect that they won't because they never do what's right. They never do what's logical. They never do the thing that is the most common sense situation. They won't do it because they're afraid to. It doesn't fit into their political agenda. It doesn't fit into their Fox and USA narrative. It doesn't fit into their marketing schemes. They want to brand the fucking company as Raw and SmackDown. Those are your shows. I don't need two separate fucking brands. This is WWE Raw on Monday, Friday on SmackDown. Give me one roster because what the fuck have you done to make the fucking show better with two separate rosters and all these separate titles? You've done nothing but kill the show. You haven't created any new stars. The championships are absolutely fucking worthless. And the only one that stands tall at the end of all of this is Roman Reigns. He's legitimately the only fucking star you got outside of Brock Lesnar, who's on a 10 match fucking contract. End the fucking brand split. Seriously. This match was nothing but suplexes from Lesnar and a fucking F5 to Biggie. He got taken out of the match because Bobby Lashley speared him through the. Timekeeper Zaria, Seth Rollins, and Kevin Owens teamed up for a little bit. And it looks like they were forming some sort of partnership together here. But in the end, Lashley got the hurt lock on Lesnar. Lesnar couldn't break free until Big E made the save, broke up the submission. Big E went for the big ending on Lesnar. He slipped out, hit an F5 on Big E to win the WWE Championship, Lashley And Lesnar had a brief stare down as Lashley walked off as Lesnar was in the ring with the WWE Championship, posing and celebrating with the WWE title as the show went off the air. We may get Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, man. I have no fucking idea. Maybe WWE just abandoned ship on the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar situation because of the COVID situation. I, I have no idea. They may be building towards Lashley and Lesnar at WrestleMania. They may be building towards McIntyre and Reigns at WrestleMania. I have no idea. But Royal Rumble is going to be a big show, man. You know, those titles are going to have to be defended before it rains and Lesnar come face to face. We're, We're looking at a potential Royal Rumble show right now, theoretically, on paper. We're looking at a current Royal Rumble show of maybe... Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch. And then we have Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. That is a solid lineup of undercard for the Royal Rumble. Then you got the men's and women's Royal Rumble, which take up the bulk of the show. There's your Royal Rumble. But I'm telling you right now, man, I don't know who the fuck in the community is not advocating for this. You people need to start speaking the fuck up. You are the way. You are the influence, man. You are the difference makers. Why do I have to be out here, the only one in the community, trying to make a fucking difference? All I want is a better show. If you are not advocating for the brand split to be fucking ended, I don't know what the fuck you're doing in this podcast game, man. Get the fuck out. Give me your audience because you're blatantly bullshitting them and filling their fucking ears with garbage and the brand split. This is what needs to be done. Guys, that is it. That is all I got, man. That is your WWE day one post show. The first official (laughs) pay-per-view. Premier live event post show of the new year, man. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I feel good. I feel refreshed. I feel like I was on top of my game tonight, man. If you guys enjoyed what I brought to the table tonight, man, hit that thumbs up. We are 60 likes away from 1,500. If you guys can do that for me, man, i love it. We had 3,400 people in the venue tonight. Thank you guys for showing up big time tonight. Thank you for all the Super Chats. I'm looking at a big number of Super Chats, man. Continue to get them on in. We're going to hang out and go over all your Super Chats right now. And continue to hit that Join button and become VIPs right here on OTS. Also, follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And go get your T-shirts, man. Go get your T-shirts. We got some great-looking merchandise on Bonfire.com. We got the Throwback Designs, LTB, Long-Term Booking, in the Wolf Pack. Red and black, and we got the OTS, Off the Script, throwback in the NWO, black and white. All of those are available right now on bonfire.com. That is the official home of Off Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. We are going to start at the top. We are going to start with Isaiah. With a $10 Super chat, man! Happy New Year, JD, and I hope you enjoy the holidays. Genuinely shocked that Brock won as he was added into the match last minute. Makes me wonder what will happen next and if Roman would have lost. No. Roman was not going to lose. Roman was not going to lose. The, the bigger question is, was Big E scheduled to lose? And was Big E going to drop that title tonight? And if he was, to who? So who did Brock Lesnar take that WWE title away from, theoretically? Was it Bobby Lashley? Was it Kevin Owens? Was it Seth Rollins? That's the question I have. But I'm not shocked that Lesnar won. As soon as he was added, I knew he was going to win. It was was the only thing that made sense. And WWE is also looking at it from a ratings perspective as well on Monday Night. Monday Night Raw ratings are fucking absolutely the worst right now. They can't get above a 1.5. Lesnar's going to actively bring them to, to uh, a one eight one nine. If he's going to show up on Monday Night Raw tomorrow on uh, on Monday, that's what's going to happen. That's why they gave him the title. Meanwhile, they're going to continue feuding Reigns and Lesnar. Reigns may actually come over to Raw. Who knows? We may get some cross branded shit going into WrestleMania. Prince G with a four ninety nine super chat. What's up, JD? Happy New Year. Bobby vs. Brock, the match books itself. AJ vs. Edge or AJ vs. Finn at WrestleMania. Just some thoughts. I I like the way you think, Prince G. AJ vs. Edge is my preferred match, but if you give me Edge vs. Finn, I'm all for it. Michael Raymond with a $5 super chat. So now that Brock is champ, we can conclude that WrestleMania's main event is a title unification match. I don't, know. I don't know if that's the case, man. We, we will see. It, it should be, as I just really stated here. Uh, Walter will win the Royal Rumble and be the promised champ. No. Yeah, if, if Walter wins the Royal Rumble, man, I'll be fucking floored. I'd be shocked. Susan D'Ambrosio with a $10 Super Chat. Happy New Year, J.D. What is going to happen with the Universal title and the WWE title? Do you think they will have a unification match at WrestleMania? I uh listen Susan I certainly fucking hope so. I certainly fucking hope so. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Jet Brock again. Please, no more. Live. Welcome back JD. No more Live. Tony Brown, what's wrong with you, bro? You don't consider Live Morgan some of your booty meat. What happened? Come on, man. ECW Hardcore 07 with a $5 super chat. Welcome back, J.D. Only watch the main event of day one. Unify the titles. You know what to do, brother. Absolutely. Unify the titles. Rick O'Shea with a one ninety nine super chat. J.D., look at the road, fella. 10 and 2. Bro, listen. Don't tell me how to fucking drive, all right? Don't be a backseat driver like Jesse. Nobody likes a backseat driver, Okay. Isaiah and Mick Swagger become new members of the OTS venue. Fellas, what are you drinking, man? Round is on me. Rick O'Shea with a $4.99 Super Chat. I, for one, look forward to Johnny Knoxville being the new WWE champ. Get this guy out of the venue. Someone kick him out, please. Get him out of here. Get him out. Point Reynaldo with a deny Super Chat. What is worse? Becky, Summer Scam or Brock tonight? Becky, no question. Esto Fortune with a $5 Canadian. Brock should be introduced as the reigning defending New Day title run ending champion of the world. Xavier is next. Keep on rocking, J.D. Uh, Brock has slayed two members of the New Day to become WWE champion, man. Uh, I guess this now makes Brock racist. Has Brock is racist began trending on social media? That's what I want to know. King Mo with a one-iron Super Chat. Big E run was underwhelming. I'm cool with the loss. So am I, bro. I don't really mind it at all. Now it's in the follow-up. WWE's got to follow it up. Charles Matthews with a 100 bomb earlier in the chat. Thank you so much, brother. Joshua Simo with a 499 super chat. No message. But then he leaves another one with a 499 super chat. WWE will fall to get Roman to be the GOAT, which he will never do due to the lack of true competition. Uh, Yeah, Roman doesn't really have uh, that much competition, bro. It's right now just Lesnar and McIntyre after that. The well is dry. I've been advocating for Walter, but I don't think WWE will do that. I'd love to see Imperium versus the Bloodline, man. I think that prints money in itself. Daniel Baez with a 99 Super Chat. Where is all the motherfuckers who use Big E as the reason why AW wasn't diverse enough? Big E has been booked like shit since before winning the title. And then ate a Pin in a Fatal Five way where he didn't have to. I don't know, man. Uh, Like I asked, uh, where is the hashtag Brock is racist? Is that trending? Is what I want to know. Bradley Robinette with the one I did not see, but happy new year, JD. Show sucked, I bet. Yeah, it wasn't too good, Bradley. Wasn't too good, man. Uh, Jesse in the chat says Biggie should call out WWE for not being diverse. I agree. In fact, I'm going to tweet that out right now. Is WWE diverse enough for you guys? Hashtag Brock is racist. Charles Matthews with a 100 bomb. Thank you so much again, brother. Your drinks are on me tonight, brother. We, uh, or WWE has buried its top three black stars. And as a black fan, I'm done watching. Listen, man. You know, I I thought they did the Hurt Business dirty. I thought they did Lashley dirty. I thought they did Big E dirty. They didn't do anything to enhance Big E at all. Ricochet continues to be done dirty. I'm with you there, brother. I really am. James with a $5 super chat. Tony Storm quitting WWE and paying her own way home. And Tay Tay J vs Bunny and Ford equals better than day one. Tell me I'm wrong. OTS. I'll wait. Uh yeah, uh that match was very, very good on Rampage. That tag team women's match was very good. Joshua Simo with a 499 Super Chat. Yippee, two world champions that both held by part-timers. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Roman Reigns is not a part timer though, bro. Roman Reigns is actually a full time competitor. Brock Lesnar is the part timer. Heidi Hoffman with a ninety nine ninety nine super chat. When I heard Roman was out, I actually was excited for the five way. I was hoping that they would do something out of this that was fresh. Nope. So sad, but expected. Heidi, I think uh, I think everybody should have been aware that when Lesnar was added, that he was probably going to win the WWE title. That's exactly what they did. There's uh, more than one logical reason as to why he won it. Monday Night Raw needs ratings. They need uh, a big pop. They figure let's hot shot the title. Like I said, it's all in the follow-up. Is WWE going to follow this up? Continue Reigns and Lesnar. Unify the titles and the brands. But this is the perfect time to do it. I don't want to hear any excuses anymore. Thank you for the 100 bomb, Heidi. Much, much appreciated. Uh, Rachel Buck with a $5 Super Chat. JD, did you hear that Johnny Knoxville is going to be in the Royal Rumble? Yes, I did, Rachel. I just talked about it during the post show. I fucking hate it. Forum Storm Central with a new membership. Forum, what are you drinking? Round the zombie. Chicoy with a $2 Super Chat. Why was that main event so short? Because Lesnar needed to be somewhere, and he needed to be out before 11 p.m. KMG with a $100 Super Chat. Thank you so much, brother. Day one was mid. Brock winning the title made zero sense. Bombs away. Thank you so much, man. What are you drinking tonight, man? Because your rounds are on me. Thank you so much for your generosity. Jerry Ramey with a $50 super chat. JD, WWE could have done anything other than what they did. Owens would have been phenomenal. Lesnar was nowhere near the WWE title. It's just like Money in the Bank 2019. Lesnar's been doing the same since his 2017 title reign. Same crap for five years. Uh, Jerry, they don't know, uh they don't know how to create new stars. They don't have the ability to do that, bro. So, if something presents itself to WWE that they are comfortable and familiar with, they're going to go with that. Their head fucking explodes when they have to start thinking about pushing new talent or pushing new superstars. They won't do it. They will not do it. Raven with two $5 UK super chats. Can't believe Edge had to bring back Brood to fight fucking Miz. And look at the people that's fighting at this pay-per-view. We would get most of this matches in 2016. Where are the new stars? Bro, they had to bring uh, Edge back with the brood just to make the fucking Miz feud uh, worthwhile. Or I should say, it's not even worthwhile, salvage whatever the fuck was left of it because it was completely shit. Bushy Clementine with a $5 super chat. Punk's Pipe bomb could be more relevant or could not be more relevant at the moment. Bro, it's more and more relevant every fucking week. WWE produces television. Reverend Davey Thompson with a $5 super chat. Much more of this in WWE will need to close up shop. Happy New Year, JD, and God bless. Thank you, Davey. Anthony... I'm gonna butcher your fucking name here, man. C C Anise. with a Canadian ten dollar super chat. Wishing you a very happy New Year, JD. You're truly the king of the IWC. Your wrestling analysis is always impeccable. Could I get a put the lotion in the baskets, Von Wagner? To start 2022, J.D. for president. Thank you, Anthony. Much love, brother. We got a 499 Super Chat from Veer Mahan. Happy New Year, J.D. Or happy new Veer, J.D. Just remember, I'm coming to Raw. Bro, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Veer may be my new favorite wrestler on Monday night. He's not even there yet. Veer may become one of my more favorite wrestlers in recent memory. I don't know, man. Charles Matthews with another $5 Super Chat. Brother, listen. You're killing it tonight, man. I'm drinking Baron's Spiced Rum. You can drink whatever the fuck you want tonight, bro. Make it a double. I'll join you. Joshua Simo with a 4 dollars Super Chat. Face wrestlers with the new jobbers. Everybody's a jobber in WWE, man. It doesn't matter if you're face or heel. Raven with a $10 UK super chat. Yo, JD, what if we have Bailey winning the Royal Rumble? Sasha wins the Elimination Chamber to challenge Charlotte. After that, Bailey comes out to challenge Charlotte too. Add Becky and we have a fatal four-way for both championships to unify the titles. I love it, man. Do it. Unify all the titles. Tag team titles, world titles, and women's titles. Man, unify it all. I love it. Let's do it. I'm on board. King Mo with a 199 super chat. Who do you think will be the next to quit WWE? I hope it's fucking Bruce. Apparently, he has health issues, man. Go home and take care of yourself, man. Goodbye. King Moe, thank you so much, man. Uh, Raging Texas, 85 with a $5 super chat. And a 99 cent super chat. Hey, JD, happy new year. Hey, Jesse, pass me a little bit of the bubbly. And happy new year to my brother, Tim. Love you, bro. Stay safe, JD and Jesse. Good night. Raven with a $5 super chat. Becky trying to reach the rope after pinning Liv. Lame. This company is allergic to let their wrestlers winkling. clean. Yeah, Becky sucks. I think Becky is awful. I truly think Becky is worse than what she was in her last reign, man. She is is just terrible. There's nothing redeeming about Becky Lynch at all, man. She's just as bad as Charlotte. Tony Khan with a $2 super chat. I am the greatest booker in pro wrestling. Yeah, if you handled your creative like you do social media, we won't have a fucking problem. Alex Perez with a $4.99 super chat. Jay, you scared my cat with your Beth Phoenix growls. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, man. I sounded like something feral outside, man. I must have uh, scared most of the cats in the neighborhood. Mine are sleeping downstairs, though. I apologize. Give them a hug and a kiss for me. I'm sorry. Brian Bodice with a Canadian $5 super chat. In entertaining JD fashion, I need to know what an Omos vs. Best vs. Beth Phoenix stare down would look like. OTS for life. (laughs) Could be quite the tag team. Uh Joseph Versley's with a UK $5 super chat. Becky Lynch entrance graphic looks like the meme of disgusted Gordon Ramsay. Ironically, the face I pulled when I first saw it. Me too, bro. Big time cringe. No question. Uh we got a Canadian $5 super chat from Gears. Reigns testing positive actually made me realize that there was more than Lesnar vs. Reigns in this premium event. This felt like a special Raw. It's exactly what it felt like, bro. Uh, Saturday night edition of Monday Night Raw. We got a uh, three-hour Raw coming on Monday, man. Can't wait. Uh, Heidi Hoffman with a 4 Super Chat. The Biggie Burial was a given because they didn't respect the man. They just... I just hope that they will reunite the two big belts. But WWE, this is WWE. It's not happening. They need to unify those titles, man. I'm telling you right now. The best way to go about it. Uh, we got Mickey McClendon with a 4.99 and a $1.99 Super Chat. Tonight was the ultimate indictment on misses in-ring skills. Edge has great matches consistently, but the one snooze fest was with Miz that says a lot yes because the Miz is fucking garbage his in-ring ability is terrible and let's not ever compare Miz and MJF ever again no ever again Quintus Brown with a $5 jet. PW Insiders reporting that Drew McIntyre could be out with a while or be out for a while with a neck issue if he's out Smackdown is screwed I hope that's not the case at all man that would be fucking terrible. The Undertaker re-ups for four months. Thank you, Dead Man. 4-0, uh, oh, the dark side is on your side, JD. The souls of the geeks shrieking despair at the facts you present. Thank you for all your hard work. OTS for life. Thank you, Taker. Thank you as always, man. JD25 with a four nine nine super super Your Tasmanian devil impersonation of Beth Phoenix had me crying laughing... Also, who do you think will challenge Becky and Charlotte at Mania for their titles? I think we're going to get Bianca and Becky again, which I don't really give a shit about at all. I think Bianca winning the Royal Rumble for a second year in a row is fucking overkill. And uh, I think Charlotte, we get either Bailey or Sasha. Or maybe Charlotte, Bailey and Sasha. I don't know. We'll see. It's going to be a very interesting situation, man. Otis with two $2 Super Chats. Liv will be taking the Tony route soon. OTS for life. And then we need Banana Snapple in the venue. Bro, I can't find Banana Snapple, man. You're going to have to wait. It's tough to drag down, man. You know, know, I love, listen, man. I'm with you, Otis. I love the Banana Snapple. It's one of my favorites. I love the banana. I love the, the apple. My favorite Snapple, though, of all time was the Mint Snapple. I can't find it. Can't find it, man. But when I find Banana Snapple, Otis, it'll be in the venue for you and me, bro, because I love that. I love Banana Snapple. Jordan Lott, where they fight all Super Chat. Yo, JD, jo- I can't even speak. Yo, JD, the show is awesome. Good show, brother. I know. Thank you, Jordan. Michael Leach, with they fight all Super Chat. Please let the rumors be true that Nick Khan and The Rock are going to buy the WWE this year. I think Nick Khan needs to fucking go away completely, man. I think Nick Khan should never have any creative input ever again after tonight. Jarrett Hopfinger with a $5 super chat. Walters Roman would be good. Brock Lesnar betting everyone. Lesnar wins. Liv Morgan losing. This show is trash. Mick Swagger becomes a member for six months. Nick, I thought you just became a member, man. What do you? What do you got? Two memberships going on here? Thank you for the reup, bro. Happy New Year, JD. Glad you're back. The IWC was not the same without you. I, I mean, I, I know, man. You had to watch Russell Geeks and you had, you had to watch SAP. Let I me mean, give me a break, bro. It was paining me that you guys had to watch these boring podcasts, bro. Come on, I'm back now. I won't be on vacation for other year. Keep doing what you're doing and elevating the standards in the wrestling podcast. Thank you so much, Mick. Chokeslam from Chico with a 499 Super Chat. Trash since pay-per-view logo reveal, man. Look like a Pontiac VR Troopers Community College corporate generic trash. Chico. Knoxville equals Arquette vibes. I think Johnny Knoxville needs to go the fuck away, bro. Get him off TV. Uh, Joseph Versleys with a UK Super Chat. $2 Super Chat. Becky needs leg drop lessons from Kenny Dykstra. Yeah, her leg drop is not good at all. Reverend Davey Thompson with a $5 Super Chat. Just get Vince, Nick Khan, and Johnny Ace out of there and put Rock in charge. Can you imagine the Rock in charge of WWE, man? I think I would actually, uh, I would actually be excited about that. Uh, team Money with a 4 dollars chat. How would you book Bianca Belair for 2022? Let's merge the divisions first, bro, before we start booking Bianca Belair. I don't think Bianca Belair should win the Royal Rumble. I don't. Even though I kind of feel like she's going to win the Royal Rumble and WWE's going to finish this Bianca Becky shit at WrestleMania. It's kind of a uh, Kind of, a, kind of a sad situation because WWE felt like Sasha couldn't get the job done, so they got to redo it with Becky. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah, Bianca Belair set up for success with Sasha beating her at WrestleMania. Now, w- w- what difference is it going to make now that's Becky Lynch when Becky Lynch is actually worse off than Sasha Banks is? Anymore. Sasha Banks is a bigger superstar than than Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was so great Monday Night wrote wouldn't be getting one fucking four in the third hour Shane Baroy with a $4.99 super chat Happy New Year JD another year of being a dedicated viewer thanks for all you do thank you so much man and Jedi Joker 93 with an 8 month re-up man Happy New Year brother Jedi thank you so much man This was the perfect song for me to be away, man. This is what you guys should have played while I was away for four days, man. You can't replace me. You can't replace the king, bro. Give me a break. Anyway. That's all I got, guys. That's all I got, man. What a review, man. What a breakdown of this day one shit. Brought to you by Nick Khan, man. This was his idea, man. I don't think we need to see another day one show ever again. They didn't do anything different than what we normally see. It was a Monday Night Raw on a Saturday night. Rob Bass with a $5 super chat. Is the IC title dead? Yes, it is. Well, can they bring it back to relevancy? You no, know they will not. Apparently Bruce pritchard has got a vendetta against the IC title, man. It really is uh it really is depressing. It really is. Alright man, I gotta I gotta get out. I gotta get in the stang, bro. I gotta get in the stang, and we gotta hit the fucking highway, man. You guys know the deal here. Mick Swagger with a $5 super chat, man. I'm looking on my uh, my card dash here. Uh, Mick Swagger with a $5 super chat. My membership expired. I had to re-up. Hope it won't mess up my track record. I don't think it will, man. It says six months. It says six months. Hopefully all is good there, bro. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, has this been a premium live event? I think so I think so man there's a reason why we're the fucking undisputed king in this community man number one tonight as always beating Fightful Wrestle Geeks Steven Larson Brian Zane Cronin my boy BC and whoever else is live tonight Denise, <laughs> Denise, get the fuck out of here, man! You gotta be, you gotta be kidding me, man! You gotta be fucking kidding me. Get out of here! Ah, uh, let me get out of here before I get in trouble, man. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you for the great show tonight man i feel like i'm on top of my fucking game tonight we had a great post show we had a great live stream with jesse earlier go check that out man it's on the channel right now i'll be back on monday with raw i'm gonna go see my parents tomorrow i'll be in delaware tomorrow taking the day off i'll be back on monday but until then guys i need two things from you number one I need those guitar emojis, and if you got them, those Mustang emojis in the chat. And number two, I need that music on Max. Guys, I'm getting out of here. Enjoy your nights. I'll see you back on Monday from Monday Night Raw, and we'll be back in the venue right here on OTS. Until then, I love you guys. Take care, and I'll see you on Monday for Raw.